Hello, I'm Bonnie Rabakoff, and welcome to In the Kitchen. Each week, we spend an hour in the kitchen of one of Kansas City's many celebrated chefs. We select a featured product, prepare it, offer some cooking techniques, present it, pair it with a drink, and then have a chat behind the scenes with their chef about his or her personal journey to this profession and their inspiration in the kitchen. In the Kitchen also has a companion website. The web component is shot in high definition to offer high-end visuals for the food products and preparation. So when you visit the website, you'll be able to retrieve the show segments or webisodes on demand. This week, In the Kitchen offers a special feature called Cooking with Kids. Today, one in three children in the United States is overweight or obese. To address this issue, our community, Children's Mercy Hospital and Clinics, Whole Foods Market, and chefs from In the Kitchen have come together to create Cooking with Kids. It is our goal to offer easy, fun, affordable, and nutritious meals and snacks for families And we hope to dispel the myth that healthy food is too expensive and time-consuming. Joining me in the studio is Shelley Summer. Shelley is a registered dietitian with Children's Mercy Hospitals and Clinics. Jennifer Matasik, who's the marketing director with Whole Foods Market, and executive chef and owner Michael Smith, owner of Michael Smith and Extra Virgin, for this special feature what's for lunch you all thank you so much for participating thank you thank you so let's begin with shelly our registered dietitian could you talk briefly about what is the scope of child obesity in the united states and its costs to our society well as you've already mentioned bonnie about one in three children is overweight or obese and that puts them at risk for other health related problems like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, liver disease, um, sleep apnea, orthopedic problems, and the list continues to go on. If kids develop those diseases at young ages, they're more likely to continue those into adulthood. And what happens at that point is there's a huge health care cost associated with that. So that's what we're facing. And I think um, helping kids and their families to understand a little bit more, a little bit better mm-hmm. about what they eat and how they eat and how it contributes to their health is something very important for all families. You know, it is a shocking statistic because I believe that that puts this into epidemic proportions, and we need to be mindful of it. I know it's not just eating. It's also time spent in front of a TV set or a computer. But surely to begin with uh, how we care for one another in the kitchen and at home What also is the impact or is there an impact on improper nutrition and academic achievement? I mean, is that just something we think is so or is is there a reality here? Well, we know our brain needs fuel um, just like the rest of our body. So obviously there is going to be an impact. Um, Lack of nutrition is a huge impact on academic achievement, meaning Mm -hmm. not getting enough food. But the other part is if you're not fueling your body with the things and the nutrients that it needs, Mm -hmm. it is going to make it a little bit more difficult and maybe harder to concentrate. One of the things that can happen if you're either not eating a well-balanced meal or not eating at all, for example, skipping breakfast, your body doesn't necessarily have the 
energy and the nutrients that it needs to focus at school, right. pay attention, and, and learn. So we're learning a lot more about that now, and that's one of the things, obviously, that we want to encourage um, is eating regular meals, regular snacks, um, and having them be nutritionally balanced so that you fuel your body in a, in a better way so that you can maintain your energy, your focus, your um, level of attention, and take advantage of what you are um, being taught or presented at school. Well, obviously the impact is huge. And sometimes as parents, we forget how significant our behavior is in shaping and forming values for our children. And I remember my father saying, may you rest in peace. Don't teach your children how to eat. You eat right. So if you skip breakfast and then tell your children they should eat a nutritious breakfast, I mean, how's that work in your house, Michael? Well, we, yeah, it's difficult. You need to, you know, we, we struggle all the time trying to get food uh, in, in their mouths, you know, early morning. They're, they're, everyone's rushing and it is a struggle. It's a real life uh, issue. So you'd try to grab some fruit, some eggs, some whatever we can do, you know, I mean. And, but you're eating as well yeah, yeah, with we, the children yeah. so that they, they yeah, see that. Eat. So the impact on role modeling, and let's talk about the plate. I found this fascinating and you will see the plate model up on the website. But it is a wonderful visual for helping to describe, you know, the proportions of foods. Can, could you talk about that? Sure. Um, what the plate model is, is we um, use the plate to help talk about food groups and including multiple food groups in each meal that you have. Mm-hmm. So just to summarize, the plate model has or encourages half of your plate to be filled with fruits and or vegetables. A quarter of your plate would be filled with your protein, um, whether it's meat-based or non-meat-based. And then the other quarter would be filled with, ideally, a whole grain. And then we like to add um, maybe a source of calcium, a drink, uh, along with that, like milk or water. So if we're mindful, if we have that visual when we're planning meals at home, that was tremendously helpful, and we're using it in our house because I hadn't thought of it in that way. But basically, the source of nutrients from plants are fruits and vegetables, and we were always drilled when we were little to eat our vegetables. And I think now we're just coming to understand how very important that is and how large a part it plays in our nutrition. And so, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Bonnie, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to... Um, One of the reasons we really like the plate model is it encourages people to be creative themselves Mm -hmm. and not have a specific menu that they have to follow. It encourages you to be creative and to start with the foods that you actually like. What we like to encourage parents to do, as you were saying, um, or encouraging parents to be the role model, what I've seen in, in some of the work that I've done is many parents are asking their kids what they want to eat, which on one hand is sort of okay to make sure you have um, foods that everybody likes. But on the other hand, kids at young ages really don't understand the nutritional benefits and the reasons why they should eat and the reasons why they should eat the foods that they do. So it's very important for parents to role model good eating behaviors. And, you know, Michael and I have talked about this. I asked him once, do you have, you know, your, your fair, you have a fairly sophisticated palate and do you fix the kids' 
foods different than yours? And your answer was no. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. And wh- how do you feel that benefits your children? Well, part of it, I think, is discipline, just an old-fashioned sort of discipline that my mm-hmm. parents didn't raise me that way. And mm-hmm. and uh, But on the other hand, it's it, it teaches them to either like things or experiment with things that they might not try because mm-hmm. the parent says, oh, you're not going to like that. Well, then they're not going to like it. They so won't you like have it. Count <laughs> on it. Yeah, you have to just say, you know, try it, see what you, you know. So we, we, we eat whatever we have for dinner, we have for dinner. And they the like whole it family. or they don't. Yeah. Right. And so what you're doing is introducing new tastes like cilantro, which you'll find in the upcoming menu. Um, it, it, it makes it an opportunity for the children to taste it. And then they can develop that appreciation for those flavors. So we're approaching the holidays. We're all going to be out and about shopping. Jennifer, I know you have a little one too. So you're out shopping, and most likely you're going to go to lunch. You're going to eat lunch out because you are already out and about. How can we make some good decisions when we've got that menu in front of us and not everything falls in the, quote, healthy category? How do we manage that? You know what? I was one of those kids who was always hungry at inconvenient times. (laughs) And so I've been there and done that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so from that experience, um, you know, we actually do take a lot of the foods with us um, when we when we go out just because I don't need to have a, a fussy kid who is ready to eat because we all our our digestive systems are different. And as long as I've got something healthy for her and, and making sure that she's getting the nutrients that she needs. I don't mind it. So when we go out and we're not sure where we're going to have lunch, I'll have apple slices ready to go in her bag. I almost always have um, some raisins with me. So like in a little Ziploc bag? Or yes. Whatever. Okay. Yes, I almost always have raisins because raisins can stay in that bag for yes, <laughs> a really long time. frequently do. So what you're saying yeah. is to prevent that intense hunger, if you do go to lunch, they've had some nutritional snacks along the way. Exactly. Whole wheat crackers are nice to have mm-hmm. on hand. Uh, things like that. Because even if you do get to a restaurant and you're going to be having that salad soon, I just, I remember eating those saltine crackers like <laughs> there was no tomorrow waiting for, for my food to Too come. Hungry. So yeah. that is one of the, the tricks that I that, use. That's a good one. And um, Shelly, what would you suggest in looking at a menu and trying to balance out uh, wants and nutrition? Well, and I think Jennifer brings up a really good point that you want to try to avoid those really intense hunger periods because that's when everything sort of goes to the wind. Mm -hmm. It's whatever I can get as fast as I can get it. Um, So preventing that intense hunger is a really good idea. And then when you are eating out, you know, again, it's another opportunity to think about the plate model and to think that you want about half of your plate to be fruits and or vegetables, a quarter to be the protein, a quarter to be the whole grain. So salads are fantastic options when you go out with grilled meat on them, if that's your choice, if you Mm -hmm. like that for your protein. And a low-fat or lower-calorie dressing so that you don't um, inundate your salad or make it a really high-calorie meal as high-calorie as some hamburgers or others. You know, something that we've done is if there's these French fries and they look really wonderful, one person will order the French fries and everybody else will order a, a, a better source of carbohydrate. And so you do. Then you get a few tastes. You don't feel deprived Right. But it's because um, maybe you, there's nothing. I mean, I may be off base, but so there's nothing wrong with maybe having the fried chicken part of it, as long as it's like if it's a um, a chicken leg, 
you know, along mm-hmm. with the salad and the fruit and, right. you know, moderation, right? I mean, it's exactly. just so you're not having a bucket of chicken. Exactly. That, that's and what that's we're the going point for. Of the plate model. Mm-hmm. And when we get back, we're going to talk some more um, with Jennifer. And also we're going to make some wonderful lunches for you and your family to do.